1: Hello and welcome back to another episode of Silverstein the podcast. I don't even know what number we're on now. We've just we're having so much fun, aren't we? Isn't this the best, guys? It's wonderful. I think you just blew my eardrums out <laughs> with that hello. Oh, I'm really
2: excited. I, what do you want me to do? You want me to.
1: Back away from the microphone.
2: (laughs) I'm too excited. He's shouting just as loud, just not on top of the microphone.
1: That it works, though. That's how microphones work. I know a thing or two about microphones. Did you know that I've been the singer for this band for 22 years? Did you know that?
3: Crazy. Did you know that before the podcast format, you had to just go to the tallest building in your town and yell really loud?
1: (laughs) (laughs) But we're back. With another song from our new album, Misery Made Me, which is out now. Very exciting. Very exciting. And this one we're going to talk uh, about is the first track on side B of the record, entitled Slow Motion.
3: Are you going to make that sound all like slow-mo in post? I could.
1: (laughs) I I don't think I'm going to bother, but I could go slow motion. No, maybe I'll do it. Maybe I'll do it.
0: Slow
4: Motion.
0: shane i'm happy that we're like still like two months away from receiving the vinyl and you're already referring to it as the first track on side b thank you
1: well you know built bill you and i are that we're the sequencing guys we think yeah. about this stuff right totally. yep. this is like the opening track of the record on side b you know yeah. and it's like it's got
2: that vibe so many vinyl collectors right now are just like shaking their heads like If only. If only we could have heard the record on vinyl first. We had to stream it on Spotify like a peasant, you know? (laughs) It's not our fault. I know. It's not our fault. Blame
5: Adele. Are there folks out there that only listen to vinyl? Like they haven't heard the record yet because they're waiting? I'm sure. I think so. I think so. Yeah. 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 Do those people listen to podcasts?
0: (laughs) Yeah, I listen to the podcast, but I like wait to listen to the
2: band on vinyl only. I mean, Should we press the podcast on vinyl? Maybe, maybe, maybe that's the
3: next. So much warmer on
2: vinyl. <laughs> that's
0: going to wow. be the like deluxe, deluxe, deluxe edition box set. Will be the whole podcast, each
2: episode on its own disc. <laughs> It'll yeah. be all tw- all like eleven podcasts played over top of each other in one single track. Just absolute chaos. Okay, Phil Elverum. <laughs> <laughs>
1: No, I think some people like to listen to the podcast backwards too. That's the thing, you know? Sounds better backwards. I prefer There's hidden messages in it actually. (laughs) There was there was a guy on Jeopardy the other day I was watching that could recite the alphabet backwards, but like how it would sound backwards. So he did it and it sounded like gibberish. And then Jeopardy was like we can, t- we can check this, and they literally took a minute to like reverse the audio and play it back, and it sounded crazy. What a skill. Who does that? Wow. Dudes who get pulled over for drunk driving a lot. <laughs> 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 oh, man. Back to the song, Slow Motion. This is one of, I think, a song that maybe is a little under the radar, was not a single, but pretty bang a tune. I think it's got one of the strongest
5: choruses on the song, uh, personally. I tend to agree I love the chorus on this
2: one. It hits me like
5: uh, a bunch of cement. Hmm.
2: <laughs> I, I remember when we made this song I, I I felt in the studio that it was gonna be like a pretty standout song like a potential single and it's surprising that it didn't become that, but I think it was a it was a was a nice surprise for people listening to the record and hearing a song that like is yeah one of the catchiest moments of the record buried right at the top of side B.
1: Right. Oh, I get your cement joke now, Josh. <laughs> Buried in cement. I
2: just I get it now. It took me a minute. Um
1: yeah, it's it's uh it's definitely just I thought right away it's like this grabs me. This is like a banging song, but in some ways it kind of fit a similar space that Ultraviolet did. Not saying they're like the same song, but maybe they're sort of a similar tempo or like a structure or something about them. I I thought maybe with all the other songs it was like maybe this one isn't one we should focus on and just be excited for the fans to hear it you know uh when the record finally comes out
0: i definitely agree with you shane i felt the same way about about ultraviolet and i think that just everyone got so on board with ultraviolet early on um as being like a standout track that i think yeah this song maybe not got forgotten but i i actually think that what we did to this song you know with mike on the uh, feature vocal and like i particularly really like the bridge of this song like the when it finally kind of kicks in um is or, or like may, maybe it's the end of the chorus when you when you finally say slow motion that part is amazing um <laughs> yeah the b section of the, the chorus b, the b section of the chorus yeah so yeah. uh it like when that finally hits cuz i think it happens a couple times without doing that it's just like oh yeah like take my money you know <laughs> yeah. like this was my favorite like go,
3: going into recording it was my favorite song and i expected it to be a single I was pretty sure it was going to be. And I do see what everyone's saying about it occupying a similar space to Ultraviolet. But I still really like the song. I, I love the melodies. I love the, the vibe. It's got this like sort of industrial feel in the verses I think is really cool. Yeah. Yeah. I that's like that's
1: definitely different. Um Industrial feel is, is an interesting way to describe it. Yeah. I, I remember when I was laying down the vocals, especially for those verses, it was very like Sam really wanted it to be like seeing static in black and white like very like almost robotic which isn't a way that I typically like to sing but I totally get the effect now of what you know of what it kind of does yeah and we wanted those screams to like feel very
3: (laughs) overdub like yeah like uh, just for that effect so to keep it really kind of robotic and keyboardy and have the screams feel like they were super punched. And obviously, we normally go to great lengths to avoid that <laughs> feel.
1: But yeah, it sounded cool to try. And it. I was a little bit confused, too. I was like, the direction on that. And I get it now that it's all been put together. But at the time, I was like, really? The last match? Just, you know, like singing that was really kind of funny. To like, okay, we're going to fill that in with screams. Like, this is how we're going to put this together. Like a, Like a
0: children's Lego set. I like, I like that you said industrial, too, because like, yeah, I sort of always heard like a Nine Inch Nails kind of thing from it. And I think that that's a band that we, we sort of like often forget that we're influenced by. But I know that they're a very important band to me. And I know you too, Shane. I know we all sort of have had uh, impact on them from early on. But they're just also such just like a powerhouse band in rock music in general, as, as far as like crossover of all these different genres, they're you know, Trent Reznor's work in film scoring and like, it's just, there's such a, you know, like monolith of a a band and of a catalog. So I definitely hear a lot of that in the uh, verses here.
1: No, I think you're right. For me, it's one of my favorite bands of all time. And, and uh, lyrically too, I think maybe my biggest lyrical influence is Nine Inch Nails. But um, yeah, it's true. I don't think we ever like think about music and, and compare ourselves to Nine Inch Nails, like really ever. Um, But yeah, maybe this is fairly close to it in some ways. Some of the, the, at least the production. Yeah, I can see that.
3: We got to try and get closer.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Those are not the lyrics I'm influenced by, okay? (laughs) Not those lyrics. Everything except the animal one. The other songs are good too. Trust me. Trust me.
2: Well, well, yeah, there's a bit of that abrasiveness, right? That, That I think Nine Inch Nails has really pioneered where it's like in your face, but still somehow becomes melodic or
0: yeah then they'll just drop the like the fucking in chorus like that which is totally what this the song the vibe yeah. is right yeah even those stabby
3: scream vocals like i think he likes to do like intentionally distorted screaming stuff where it's like for it's sure it's like the mic is clipping or it's digital clipping uh i feel like that's exactly
5: the vibe right 100% unintentional. Nine Inch Nails rip-off song. Cool. <laughs> yeah, there you go. I don't know if it's making me like it anymore. You know, after, after <laughs> I had that run-in with Trent at that festival backstage. We've talked about it before. <laughs> he did He did mad-dog you. He mad-dogged the shit out of me.
2: I mean, it's I, Trent Reznor. What do you expect? Do you want him to shake your hand? Like, what do you need? Yeah, he wanted to fight me like an animal. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> what exactly happened? Because I've heard the story rumblings of this, but I, I need to hear
5: it from the beginning. I know we were in Australia. It's real short. Really nothing happened. We're sitting backstage on this uh, big festival tour where there's a huge communal courtyard where all the band's uh, little dressing room areas uh, filter into. And uh, I was just sitting there enjoying uh, an ice cold beer, probably a Cooper's Green, uh, as you would (laughs) in Australia. Make sure you roll it first. The yeast You know, Uh, and then, uh, yeah, Trent is being uh, escorted by his security team, either to or from the stage, doesn't matter. And he locks eyes with me and he just proceeds to tear my face off with this cold stare. And I've never (laughs) been so scared. I thought he was going to come running at me and beat the snot out of me. And I I would not want to go down like that. Not getting beat up by Trent Reznor
0: you know and Josh I gotta say you have like (laughs) one of the the most like sort of like kindest friendliest most inviting faces and express like if if I locked eyes with you you know just I, I would think a random stranger you know locks eyes with you you're just smiling you're like you greet them very kindly so I can't see you uh you know treating Trent Reznor with anything less right
5: I right exactly perhaps he was mistaking my kindness for weakness and just was trying to be the big dog. I don't know. All right. Well, yes. If Trent, Trent, if you're listening to this, you,
1: you gotta uh, you gotta hit us up and let us know what's going on. We we apparently we got beef with Nine Inch Nails. After all this, I, <laughs> I didn't even know that. But we got beef. We got beef with with Nine Inch Nails.
0: Oh, I, I, I don't. Shane, are you starting digital beef? <laughs>
6: oh, oh,
0: oh, oh. I'm not starting anything I, Josh
1: is bringing up the story I mean I assume it's 100% true maybe he was maybe he was looking at someone behind you um, maybe you were wearing a shirt or something of a band that did, he didn't like you know what I mean or something like I don't know it could be, could be anything
3: Josh were you wearing your Nine Inch Nails sucks t-shirt again <laughs>
5: oh that could have been it ah.
1: <laughs> oh my god that's funny. So go, getting back to the song, um, how did this one come together? I know this is a, another Paul Mark joint. I assume you worked with some other person. I've got a file here called SS times DB, Deadbeat Volume 1, I see. And yeah, I'm wondering what that This was
3: uh, uh, Daniel Bronstein, who I guess notably now has been doing all the um, Spirit Box stuff. He's mm-hmm. awesome. Uh we like kind of just met over Zoom and I I thought hit it off right away. He in many ways reminded me of Derek Hoffman, so it felt very comfortable to me cuz I love that guy. But yeah, he just kind of had that that main riff, the the intro riff. And we just took it from there. Um I immediately liked that riff and I thought it was especially interesting because if you take the drums out of that, it sounds like it should be double time underneath it. Like it should be like that mm-hmm. like so I I thought it was neat that it and it was halftime instead. I, I'd never, I never would have thought about that. So, yeah, it was just one of those one session wonder kind of things that I mean, we had, I had been lucky to participate in a number of times for the sessions on this album. So, yeah, just right away loved it. That chorus melody like kind of came to me right away for some reason. I couldn't tell you why. I have like it was one of those ones where I just sort of have bullshit lyrics uh, and some word sounds, and I actually think this was the first demo. Or in that first demo, the one you just referenced, Shane, uh, I believe it contains the line, I can't live like this. And I think this is the first appearance of that in my brain. Mm. And it didn't end up being in this song, but I think, you know, that's maybe an interesting
1: tidbit. That is very interesting. Well, uh, let's play this demo then. Uh, Why not? This is, song seems fairly similar. Didn't change that much, but lyrically completely different.
3: This one's got all the just my like my verse mumblings, right? Like no words at all.
1: Uh let's listen. This is the uh SS times D B Deadbeat Volume One. Here we go. There you go or very early demo of slow motion and uh, amazing that melody is like almost exactly the same yeah it didn't really change at all uh, sometimes you'd change the lyrics up
3: and the syllables necessitate a change but that one I think I was really conscious of trying to keep it pretty tight because I really liked it
1: yeah it's really really solid and it's funny the deadbeat line ended up getting used in what I uh, think of is like maybe one of the more controversial lyrics of the album I fold my hands yeah. There's no chance that deadbeat ever answers. Which, uh, well, we're talking about God, so uh, yeah. I thought that maybe the Christians would get mad, but they never seem to notice.
5: Yeah, so. it is subtle. It's certainly a little subtle, but uh, is it though? Ah.
3: I mean, if you love God a lot, you still get mad at Him, right? Like that's a big thing. That's like you can't ugly. answer everyone, right? That's like the basis of Catholicism, as I understand it. So <laughs> uh, it's like I love you, but I'm mad at you. So, now, I
1: know these lyrics are kind of like early, and I don't know how well like thought out the idea of the song was at this point. Probably not that well thought out, or you would, wouldn't have changed it as much as you did. But the, is the deadbeat God at this point when you wrote this, this no, song or not? It's just no, an idea. No, it was,
3: it was just a word in the in the note folder, which I've referred to on in the past on this podcast. It was just one of the things I had written. I wasn't exactly sure what it was going to mean. Uh, I just kind of liked the idea of it. Uh, or just like the power of the word, I guess, and what it could refer to. But I think I found the rights. The, I really like the line, even though it may be controversial. But uh, I, I, like li- it too. I like where it ended up. Um, and I like where we put, I can't live like this too. So this is, you know, a, a sort of like test kitchen for, you know, those kind of concepts. But <laughs> um, yeah, the lyrics were total nonsense. Yeah. W-
2: w- where did this session fall in, in between everything else? Like, was this still pretty early on? So I remember hearing a version of the demo. I don't think I ever heard this version. I think I heard more developed from here. But what what when did this kind of happen? Uh,
3: this had to have been somewhat early. It, like, you know, it must have been before live like this and um which would make it before don't wait up, which it's got to be like one of the first 5. Probably post yeah. ultraviolet. It's hard to say. It was right in the like kind of whirlwind where uh I think you and Emmy we're just scheduling me as many sessions as possible, <laughs> part, partially just because I think the two of you saw that I needed desperately to put my energy somewhere. And, than like, and,
2: and as they started happening, it was like, yeah, there, there's, there's something untapped. Let's 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 keep going for it. Absolutely. 100%. And
1: with that, our special guest has arrived. Mike, Herenica, how you doing?
7: Am I early? Is this a problem? You're right
1: on time.
7: Perfect. I didn't realize it'd be the whole gang. Look at this. Hey fella. <laughs>
1: Isn't it great though? Are you happier?
2: Uh yeah, sure. Oh no. <laughs> oh wow. We, you... can, we can excuse ourselves at any point.
3: Who are he you least it. happy to see?
1: Rank us he in
7: that house. <laughs> <laughs> well, thanks for having me, fellas.
1: Of course. Of course. Mike, um are you? A little bit bummed out about the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins at the moment. I'm really sorry about what happened.
7: It's all right. It's uh, just it's frustrating. A lot, a lot didn't go in our favor, but uh, I don't know. Excited to see where things lead in the off season for Tanger and Rusty and Gino and everything, the re-signings, and I'm just uh, you know stoked to be home playing hockey myself. To the caliber of the Penguins, obviously.
1: Yeah, of course. Of course. You go in top corner every single time. I've seen your slap shot. Well, Mike, thanks for joining us, man. Uh, You know, we're talking about the song Slow Motion. You absolutely killed your guest feature on it. We were so happy to have you on it. Um, And we just kind of wanted to get your kind of feelings on the song. And and also, you wrote your own lyrics, too. So, you know, just kind of wondering how you interpreted the other lyrics of the song and kind of how you, you came to the, the whole thing.
7: Uh, honestly, it was all really natural, Shane. I don't know, or even PMR, like if, if you get this way when you're writing parts, but sometimes it's like, it kind of just feels like there's already a line that's been sitting in the back of your brain or like a, a phrasing. Um, I can't, I think I was still writing Prada stuff at the time too, but, um, I don't know. It was just kind of, it was a very easy, natural one for me. Just kind of sat there that you guys gave me an awesome space to really, I don't know, just like really teed it up easy for me. So, um, yeah, I'm, I'm stoked how it turned out and that you guys thought of me and asked me, but, um, really just felt like, uh, I don't know, just like a underhand pitch, if you will.
0: Wow. That easy. I was thinking, uh, when we first heard it, like, Oh, can we get him back in the studio and just get like, a. um, <clears throat> To start it off.
6: <laughs> <laughs>
0: Mike, of course, does the iconic uh, fe- feature in the A Dead Remember song where he clears his throat before singing the part. And it's just like such a rad lead into a like a yeah. killer cameo. It's just like you, you got to make that your thing, man. You know, <laughs> like,
7: but that's all McKinnon. I can't take yeah. <laughs> any credit
0: for
3: that. Glad to hear you say that. That wasn't like this forced thing where you're trying to sound natural like it does feel feel like very much in your wheelhouse and comfort zone. And it has that, like, I always think of you as a very melodic or like very musical vocalist, though you don't really sing all that much. Um, I always thought your screaming had like a a nice kind of like musicality. I have no other way of putting it, really. I feel like I could like play the melody of it on guitar. Do you know what I mean?
1: Yeah.
7: I appreciate that, man.
1: It totally has that like, can't forget what's been said. Like it has this, it jumps out and in a way that makes it catchier than if it was just all, like, one note. Like, some guys kind of scream. And it's true. Like, I'll never forget, like, when I would scream uh, with Cameron Webb when he was producing our band, you know, like, with Shipwreck in the Sand and that record, and he would be like, it's the wrong note. And I'd be like, what do you mean there's no note? And I now I kind of know what he means because, like, when you scream, Mike, like, you have that character to it where it's, like, it's, and it's, it sounds so intense too. Like you're able to kind of open your throat up in like different, different spots. But I guess that's kind of maybe tricky for you to know kind of when to do it. And, and like you can do it so many different ways.
7: Well, thanks, fellas. And Paul, Mark, I think if you said that there's any musicality component to me, I, I think John Garing is like freaking out in Kansas right now hearing that. But <laughs> uh, I don't know. I kind of, I like, I, I certainly didn't do so much as as like a kid, you know, being sixteen and screaming. It was just like the thing, and like our old recordings are my voice sounds so bad because I was just like nervous in a studio um and it was like completely different than what I was doing live, you know as a, mm-hmm. as a kid. So I kind of just approached it moving forward like when we we had the same producer forever and then when uh the first time we worked with adam d he really strangely because you'd think it'd be even more nerve-wracking but um sort of pushed me in different ways to kind of test the the yelling and whatnot um ben wilcox as you fellas know of course he calls it my uh thursday scream or my thursday yell um but i don't know i kind of just approach it unless you're doing like low stuff or like the blackened high stuff um i kind of just approach it as i think that like it's basically just singing but you put like an overdrive pedal on it and that overdrive pedal is just pushing your voice to that next to that level of breakup so i think i don't know we've joked about it before that i can't scream at all but it's just like a, a compressor like some rack unit or something but i think like internally i do kind of visualize that in terms of like what I've been doing, you know, for half my life. Now
1: you've got a built in metal zone. I can, I know
7: <laughs> right, right in there.
1: You just push your chest and there's a boss metal zone right in there. You push every time you need to scream. I know you got this.
7: I, I am the metal zone of, of vocalists. Yes,
0: <laughs> Mike. I just remember back to when we uh, we had you on another track. Uh, you sang on the the short songs cover, um, and you you told me you sent it back. and You're like, I hope this is okay. I literally just went into my closet and held up my MacBook and screamed into it.
4: <laughs> really. And it, yeah. just, and it
0: sounds like super, just like super distorted and compressed. You're like, but it's got a real Jacob Bannon character to it. And I was like, dude, it's awesome.
7: <laughs> yeah. I, as, as musically inept as I am, it, it also goes the exact same way for computers. <laughs> I don't do the whole like whisper scream thing. Like Paul Mark, I know you've heard, uh, like Prada. in the same Paul, like Prada demos with John on it. And he basically kind of does the like whisper scream. And then he just I like, do the
3: same thing, man. Yeah. I actually,
7: yeah exactly like so like i can't even do that so i i i give it like a good 10 percent effort and i just talk the parts and john knows what it is when he you know him and i are working on tunes so um <laughs> yeah i'm bad long story short i'm bad with computers i can't record my own voice at the time i was in a small Condo in Chicago, so it wasn't even like I could like, I don't know. I was worried about the neighbors and whatnot, but I made it made it work. And it's it is my yeah. second appearance.
1: Yes, that's right. I forgot about that one. Honestly, we had like we had like how many guest? Doesn't do it. Stupid song. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, like ten, like ten really these, ridiculous. Yeah. Really ridiculous. But. Yeah, we should have saved that and called those people in later on for for other favors, but I guess well, we, we called them. In one we called in yeah. Paul
0: Mark to uh, join the band, so that worked out yeah. for us. You know, <laughs> That's true.
1: <laughs> That's true. So lyrically, Mike, I think I maybe already asked you this question, but I I want to ask you again. What do you remember writing the lyrics and exactly like what you know you um were trying to say or or how you interpreted it? Because obviously, like a lot of our record is about what we went through the last two years. And, you know, dying in slow motion is how a lot of us felt, you know, um, during the pandemic all around the world, whether you are in Toronto or whether you were in Milwaukee or wherever else, you know, um, we felt a lot of the same things. So did you kind of relate to the lyrics and then sort of find your own, uh, voice with it or, or how did you really like, what approach did you take?
7: Uh, you know, like. I'll try to be succinct with this. I, I kind of like, uh, I, as a kid, like it was always, always lyrics first. I'm, I'm not, I don't write. I've written five, two to 5% of any Prada melody in terms of like what Jeremy sings and whatnot. Um, but as I've kind of gotten older and approach writing lyrics and, and screaming uh, differently, It's kind of evolved to just, like, sometimes the lyric just sits, like, it just comes so naturally with the quote-unquote pattern or melody. We always call them patterns rather than melodies as far as my screamy stuff. Um, And I just kind of, like, I don't know, the the breakdown kind of has that, like, sort of behind-the-beat, like, drawl to it. And, uh, I don't know. I just heard the pattern very clearly in my head. And I think, I think bomb ticking was one that I've, that's just been sitting in some internal file cabinet for me for a long time. Um, as far as like wanting to use it or something like I always like, like sometimes it'll always like, I'll be working on a song and it'll be like, I've just been caught up on like something with like a train metaphor for a long time or something. And I think for, um, for this song you know working with you guys it was like this bomb ticking thing and um as very like as far as the lyrics certainly very relatable in terms of you know what what's been going on and um you know i think that silver scene has um you guys have the the songs have their themes certainly as as any band does and um Uh, certainly relatable and again i just felt like writing the lyrics to kind of fill in that spot and i always say like in in prada's world like i whenever john writes lyrics my job if i have like a couple verses or a bridge or something is to provide color or to uh, provide like salt and pepper flavor to to what he has and um you know you guys had a 99.5 percent completed song from my perspective so um, yeah, just giving it some color and, um, giving it my take on, on what the lyrics were saying was just, again, underhand pitch.
0: I felt like you really nailed that too, with just that, like, if this is it, if this is to exist, like it, if like, this is what we're left with, it's like, count me out. And and what you're saying about like color there too, like I'm lost in the mist just kind of was like, creates this space of like, I'm out, you know, like peace yeah it's midst, it's midst right not missed midst either or
7: i i like i think that uh i think there's been a very at least what i kind of checked into for for your guys's song was that like there's been a, a very real notion of defeatism in prada's songs as of late um like uh, Sacrifice specifically, which is like the first single we, we came out with um, following the pandemic and coming back off of the Z2 EP and everything. And um, even more things that I can't talk about, but there's a very real level of defeatism to like what John writes about. And I could kind of get that in, in what this song was saying as well. Um, you know, we're, we're coming from a very threadbare monotonous genre and world of like always like this like uprising and we're going to like fight the struggle and like i certainly uh have partook in 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 such themes myself over the years and even newer material will still have that notion here and there but um the the that component of defeatism i think is what kind of uh spoke to me there in, in what you're saying, Billy.
1: What do you think of the lyric? I fold my hands. There's no chance that deadbeat ever answers.
7: <laughs> I think it's pretty on the nose. <laughs> 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 um, as a, uh, a former Christian. I don't know. I, I know that like you guys will touch on God here and there, at least from what I recall, I, I might be misplacing but um No, all
1: the all the time.
7: <laughs> um so yeah, I, I think that's a, a, a Silverstein theme in there. Um I uh I like to tell people that Donald Trump stole my uh Christianity and I kinda just leave it at that. All right. <laughs> Probably did for a lot of people.
1: Probably. <laughs> <laughs> it's a good answer. Very good answer, Mike, yes. Very good answer. What's next? I mean, you guys got this huge tour coming up, playing both the zombie EPs plus greatest hits. Fans are very excited about it. Uh, and other things maybe you can discuss. I don't know.
7: You guys know me. I'm rather, uh, I, I think I'm pretty, pretty bland, mild dude. So like I just been landscaping, it gave me a sinus infection. Um, (laughs) so really that's the glamor of, of my life. But, uh, Yeah, just uh, taking them easy around Milwaukee. Um, We got a show in Texas here in about two weeks. Um, And otherwise, probably just skating a lot this summer. You guys know I I love hockey playing and um, trying to get involved as much as I can across the board, so I'll be doing that. And um, also, uh, I, I like to dabble in coffee, so I've got some time in Chicago tomorrow to do the the coffee thing for an upcoming collaboration i'm working on so really just uh i don't know when when i when i get off of prada mode i like to kind of really relinquish and and check out but we're excited there's a lot coming up in prada world i've just been practicing guitar getting just riffing and whatnot as well so this is just my this is what i do when i'm home
0: well, Mike, we're really uh, we're really excited to see you in August on the uh, Zombie Tour. Um, you're playing Toronto uh, mid-August. And I personally am throwing my name in the hat to host the uh, pre-party, which I know goes from like about 3 o'clock until about 5 minutes before you guys go on, on stage. <laughs> yeah, somehow.
2: Somehow they really stretch that. Like, shouldn't you guys be on stage in a minute? Oh, yeah. it's fine. <laughs> Well, I think I bring everyone I,
0: down to the backyard, you know? Well, the thing is, is, I, is that
7: Jeremy is just gets so checked into Billy Paul Mark time.
2: Yeah. Blame them, right? Uh,
7: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I, I don't know. We're uh, one of our hangouts towards the end of the tour. Paul Mark, you and I were saying, like, if you could play guitar in a van or sing in a van, which would it be? And you and I are complete flip flop as far as I'm like, oh, I would love to just play guitar. And <laughs> Paul course. Mark, you're like, you're like, oh, dude, if I could just sing, I would fuck off and just like show up whenever and everything. And I think, I don't remember if Jeremy was there specifically, but I, I think he kind of took that as a challenge that he wants to do to do both. <laughs> yeah. So uh, the grass is
3: always greener, but I could definitely see Jeremy. <laughs> I could see Jeremy like, what are you talking about? I do both. It's amazing.
7: Yeah. Yeah. He, he, He he will always need to you know chip in or whatever, but I I would love to uh, hit the backyard once again. I love Toronto as you guys know, and uh, it'll be fun.
2: We'll we'll have a citizenship waiting for you when you get here, Mike. You you don't tempt me. (laughs) Don't tempt (laughs) me. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) All
7: right, fellas, I'm gonna I'm gonna hop out of here.
1: Lovely, see you, gents.
2: Yeah. Thanks so much, Mike. So much.
1: There he goes. Almost a little Irish goodbye there. He was. he clicked that button quickly, but man, very nice to have Mike Karenica of The Devil's Prada uh, here on the podcast, and of course on the song "Slow Motion." And uh, yeah, I think he killed it. I think he killed
5: it. Absolutely, so much intensity, so much character. It's uh, a perfect guest spot. Although I do recall we were messing around with some alternative uh, lyrics for that section in the studio. I think we thought it sounded a little Rob Zombie-esque. So uh, I believe at one point we had a a line that was following the rhythm of the guitars and it was like, I'm Rob Zombie, (laughs) Green Man, Burmy. I think that. that that would have been pretty good too. Although definitely... Too far off the theme. Mike did a much better job.
3: If we got Mr. Zombie to perform that part though. (laughs) Was that the idea? If we got Robert Zombie, Robert, Mr. Zombie. Bobby Zombie. If if Bobby could have come in and delivered that performance, that would have been awesome. I'm Rob Zombie
1: Bream (laughs) Bermy.
3: It's really
5: good. (laughs) yeah it it Uh, was really good but mike did a much better (laughs) job
1: (laughs) yes 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 he did he did
5: all right uh acapella time what are we thinking
1: i was
0: was just gonna say we should listen to that acapella i'm really excited for this acapella
1: this is what we like all right here it is slow motion acapella coming at you here
4: we go static Dreaming in black and white, if this is life, then why does it seem like dying? It's automatic, the cycle never sleeps, the sound of sirens stuck in my head and screaming! It's like I'm paralyzed, I get buried in cement. Lights are blinding Can't bring myself to look I fold my hands There's no chance that deadbeat ever answers Tired of trying Manufactured hope The last match I Just out It's like I'm paralyzed I get buried In cement Silence setting in So loud it's definite Dying in slow motion It's like I'm paying
0: go. Oh, I really like the who wants to be a millionaire sound at the end of that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. It really
1: is. Do you that make that sense.
2: sound with your mouth? It was like boom.
1: no, no, that's, I don't know. Sometimes <laughs> when I, when I make the acapellas on pro tools, like I mute just like, okay, mute all the guitars, mute all the drums, mute all the keyboards, mute like, and for some reason those just are sometimes in the vocal tracks. And then when I bounce it, I'm like, do I really want to go back and bounce that again? I like it. It gives a little, it's flair, a
3: little don't. bit of flair. Yeah, yeah. How else would we know the song's over?
1: It's true. It's true. Well, the uh, thing that struck me right away about that one, comparing that one to some of the other acapellas, is this seems more like a, a. The production is a little bit more of a texture, and like layering up a lot of vocals with a really strong melody, rather than trying to like, really put a ton of harmonies on it. If if that makes any sense, I mean I know there are harmonies, but it's like they're a little less prevalent. Is that would you say that's the case? I remember being really careful
3: about the harmony production on this because the melody is so like Disney roller y that we wanted to make sure we weren't gonna lose the the heart of it. You know what I mean? I think you have, if you over harmonize on stuff like that, it just starts sounding like a like a queen part and you kind of lose the hook of it. Uh and I
0: remember that that being definitely something we were careful with, yeah.
1: Yep. Totally notice I- it.
0: I also remember this being the first song that we received a mix of and being a little bit like finding that the, that verse um, vocal effect was like a little bit jarring and like I had to sort of tell myself it's not like it it matters in this song but it's not going to be on every song kind of thing. Like I had to look past it. Um, but I, I do end up really liking it like in the context of the record. But I just at first I was like, oh, wait a minute. Is that how the vocals are all going to sound? Like right. from first first mix, you know? Definitely
1: we ended up going back to the drawing board, I think, on that one anyway. You know what right. I mean? Yeah, it was like, it was I, a tough I, one.
2: Yeah. yeah like Sam Sam dove into this first and it was a feel like like Bill said the first mix we received and it was like this is maybe not the starting point. Um because yeah, it is very different than a lot of the record.
3: <laughs> Sam got sent to mix prison and he had to fight the biggest guy there. Like this was <laughs> yeah, the hardest yeah. song to mix and he was like, yeah. I'm starting with it. It's like okay. Buddy. True,
2: yeah. It's like, yeah. A lot of texture, a lot of stuff going on, big melodies really Big contrast, yeah. There, there's a ton.
1: Yeah. Crazy. Hundred percent. But in the end, it came out really awesome. It's uh, it's a great tune. Thanks to uh, everybody involved. It's just a beautiful thing.
0: Josh, final thoughts. Close. Josh's closing thoughts.
1: <laughs> oh, this is a new thing we're doing, Paul. You missed the last podcast, but now we're gonna ask Josh for a final thought, like Jerry Springer. Style. Jerry,
2: I was gonna say this is like yes. Jerry Springer. Like the after they beat thought. up each other, it's like <laughs> yeah. I don't think violence is the answer.
5: (laughs) (laughs) It is the answer for
1: ratings apparently, but yeah.
5: Well, I've got to say that, uh, not only were the performances stunning in this particular tune, uh, and obviously very, very catchy, uh, filled with character, but I, I found myself really, uh, drawn to the lyrical content, uh, in that, uh, the way that it so well paints a picture, uh, of, you know, that, that feeling of overwhelm where it does feel like life is moving in slow motion, uh, or at least you're in slow motion, uh, and life is going on around you at a pace that you can't keep up with. Um, man, it, uh, it really speaks to me. And, uh, it, for that reason is one of my favorite tracks on the record. And I hope that everyone, uh, Stay safe out there. Has a <laughs> a, a wonderful weekend, and uh, I I don't have anything really to to add here. I, I I love the tune. I love all you guys. Thanks for listening. <laughs> we love we Roll love you credits. too, buddy. We love you too. That's great. Well, that's
1: another episode of Silver Seed the podcast. Um, thank you so much. And now that you know we're in the midst of this, uh, and you know these episodes are coming out week after week. If you've got questions, if you've got ideas. Uh, For the show, you know, or anything, hit us up. Uh, We'll be doing a few more of these episodes and we're really excited. So uh, thanks, everybody, for for listening. Yeah. Leave us a voicemail at 1-833-PMR-RIFF.